Bush and Richie here with your Hometime Show podcast. Uh, this, you're about to hear, although it'll be it'll fine, what you're about to hear is fine, sounds really good and everything like that. There are two way, very different experiences between myself and Richie that, that are in the backdrop of tonight's story, of tonight's Hometime Show. Uh, I'm sat here at home in a um, quite nice and calmingly lit office upstairs with a cup of tea and a, and a bottle of water next to me. And it's been kind of a calm evening when the songs have been on. I've been scrolling over and looking at different board games, as I tend to do. Richie, though, having been in the studio has had a t- an entirely different experience during the course of the show you're about to hear the air conditioning decided to go cold then decided to go ludicrously warm I'd put my coat on I had to take my coat off I'm inside uh, and then uh, despite all that the, the actual system uh, that, that uh, plays out the songs that plays out the messages from our sponsors that plays out everything it didn't know whether it wanted to play things or not the uncertainty was horrendous it felt a little bit like uh, trying to, I don't know, land some kind of stricken plane or, or, or a car that was malfunctioning. Would it get over the finish line? Well, we got it down in the end. You know, sometimes you have those bits on the news where there's this plane circling around his landing gear hasn't come down in an airport in New York <laughs> and the fire brigade are there and they put foam on the runway, but it's fine. Yeah. That's kind of what happens here. And the interesting thing, just in the tail end of the show, Richie's just said to me he's going to have a stiff drink on the train on the way home. Let's find out at the end of this podcast what he's going to have. Absolute Radio. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. What a cracking day it is today. Hopefully you've got beautiful weather where you are right now. But the sun has been cracking the flags here today. It feels very springy and all that as well. Perfect weather to take yourself down the tip. Oh. That's what I did first thing. Do you know what I did as well, Richie? I got down there just before everyone else turned up so I could see them queuing around the corner whilst I was hurling stuff into <laughs> a barrel. It was an amazing feeling. It really was. Look, so it was looking resplendent this morning in the tips, sunlight gleaming off the scrap metal section and everything. It was, it was a sight to behold. Then my eyes caught sight of this hulking beast in the distance. Mm-hmm. It was a massive digger. And I don't just mean a normal digger. This absolute monster of a digger was down at the tip. It was a bit like the exosuit uh, that Ripley wears in the Aliens movie, if you right. remember that from back in the day. Yeah. Like hydraulics, chrome, strength, everything. And the thing that really uh, kind of pulled at my heartstrings is the little fella driving it was clearly having the time of his life. Uh, and I was well jealous because he was having a brilliant time and he was picking up bits of scrap metal like he was in charge of a transformer and then crushing them in his hands of this metallic beast. It was an amazing thing. And I thought to myself, I bet he had a toy of a digger as a kid and now he's using one at work. And yeah. I thought, how mad is that? What a fulfilment of prophecy and destiny. So I thought, question, first hour of the show here tonight on Home Time, do you use something at work that you once, just by coincidence, played with a toy version of as a kid? It is an archetypal toy, isn't it? A digger, and, and there he is doing it. I'd have to say, I, I'm, I'm probably not that person. Uh, I, I didn't have toy headphones and microphone as, <laughs> as, as a kid. I wasn't an egotistic <laughs> toddler um, but I, I, I guess really I miss my vocation I had plenty of trains but I, I've not ended up in a cab well, you've, you've got the backpack for it. We've seen that on a number Thank of occasions, you. the train driver's <laughs> bag. So, you know, here's hoping. But I, I tell you what I did have, though, as a kid without even realising it. Anyone else who, who was a kid in the 80s remember the old Fisher-Price record player? Yes. I definitely had one of yes. them that, that folded, I believe, into a suitcase that you could take with you as well. Yeah. Obviously, it's a million miles from the fantastic playout <laughs> system that we now use, the cutting edge of technology right now <laughs> in modern radio. But the question remains, right, if you use something in the workplace that you once played with as a toy, 
toy when you were a kid. Uh, Alison says, I play with a till at work and throughout my childhood I had several different types of tills. I should have known then to try harder at school. That was a great toy, a till. There are t- tills are fantastic toys. I'd also love to hear from any uh, hairdressers or barbers that had that. Um, do you remember that toy where plasticine used to come out the top of like an egghead and you cut it with <laughs> yeah. little plastic scissors? Yeah. It's destiny. Uh, Eric says, I used to have the game Operation. Now, would you believe it? I deliver first aid training. <laughs> Lisa in Chesterfield uh, says, I used to have a petite 990 typewriter advertised oh. with Dolly Parton's 9 to 5 music in the background. I now work in an office behind a keyboard all day. It's Destiny. Chris Short in Reading says, Guys, when I was a kid, my sister's husband brought home from work some strips of plastic. One evening, I sat in front of the gas fire in our sitting room. This is what growing up in the 70s was like. (laughs) Heated the plastic and shaped it into a house for his gerbil's cage. (laughs) I now use a quarter of a million pound machine to make plastic parts for aircraft interiors. This is incredible. I love this. Keep them coming. 8-12-15 text. Tweets at Absolute Radio. Chloe, what was the toy that defined you then? Uh, hula hoops. Oh, so you like played with hula hoops as a kid? Yeah. Was it like your now prized possession back then when you were a kid? Not really, just one of multiple toys, I guess, that I had. I, I, I'm fascinated. Uh, the, the profession here, so, so what element of, of hula hooping are you, are you doing day by day, Chloe? Uh, I perform in cabarets all around London and internationally, and yeah. That's wow. what I'm so is, <laughs> is it fair to say, Chloe, you're a professional hula hooper now? Yeah, 100%. That's what I do. May I just pick up my colleague there? Is that the technical term? It's a, it's a hula hooper, <laughs> is it? Or is it a hula hooperist? What, what is the term? Yeah, hula hooper. That works. Apologies. <laughs> OK, well, thanks very much. Yeah, I've checked the forums. Uh, and then, so in terms of... I mean, I can't hula hoop. I've tried it a load of times. My eldest daughter's got one, and I'm useless at it. Any tips for people who want to get into hula hooping? Is, is there still a chance for me uh, at this late age? Yeah, the heavier hoop if you're an adult, heavier and slightly larger hoop, the one to practice. <laughs> Okay, thank you very much. I get myself an orthopaedic hoop. It is what it is, though. Kids are too small for adults. You slightly have your larger hoop, and trust me about it. <laughs> Chloe, this is awesome. Thank you so much. No worries. Steve, what did you have? Well, I had a lot of army action men and um, guns and stuff like that as a kid, and then I went and joined the Royal Engineers. I was in the army. And then I did um, bomb disposal in the army, and I, I still do that now. I'd, well, not necessarily bomb disposal. I work with explosives now. Yeah. Wow. So, so all that kind of playing war and crawling around on your knees in the back garden has, has transferred you into an actual army career. It did. Yeah. Yeah. I did twenty six years. You didn't. Uh, you didn't go sort of like the full hog and have Meccano as well, then. Yeah, I did have Meccano as a kid, and we went on. You know, in in the engineers, we used to use like a, a bridge that was almost like Meccano, that you pieced it together bit by bit to, to cross gaps and stuff. Wow, and, and do, you, do you think that the stuff that you learned about, you know, with Meccano and Lego and stuff back in the day, do you think that was actually there helping you a little bit later on in your career when you are actually in the army? Not really, to be honest. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's an honest, if not very unromantic yeah. answer. I know, it's a shame. And one really quick question on, on bomb disposal there Steve do you crawl over to the bomb and then try and fix what do you do have you got like a little mirror and you push the buttons with a stick how does it work well, it depends on what what sort of uh, bomb you, you're doing but if you're doing an IED you'd crawl up to it because you want to you're doing it with a detector trying to find any uh, traps on the way up there if you're oh. if you're doing a, a large airdrop weapon or something like that you know where it is so you 
a bit more casual in your approach. It all depends on whatever you're dealing with, to be honest. So as a fan of the seminal Nicolas Cage, John Travolta movie, Face Off, <laughs> uh, you don't get too many bombs then that actually have bits of Casio digital watches with wires coming out of them. <laughs> um, well, all that is is, is a, a means of uh, controlling like a timer on an IED. So many bombs do have rogue bits like that, you know, like a, usually a phone or a, a pager or something like that as a means oh, right. of... Have you, have you ever had to cut a wire? Have you had to cut a wire and choose between one or two wires, Steve? Uh, yeah, but <laughs> it's uh, not like in the films, but I have had to do that, yeah. Wow. He's playing it down. He's still alive. He's still walking and talking to us right now, so he's done all right. <laughs> You've chosen the right wires so far. Yeah, I've, I've had a, a lucky break, to be honest. Good man, Steve. Thank you very much. So I did a supermarket shop today and I've been noticing this over the last few days. Uh, obviously, the Easter eggs have been in the supermarkets for a little bit of a while now, but you see people buying them, all right? They're, they're, they're go- We're still three and a half weeks away from Easter. The question is, Bush, who's eating these things right now? Because I, I've got a feeling there are people boshing through Easter eggs right now as if it's just a post-dinner snack. And I don't think that feels right. No, you've got a good point there. I, there's been a couple of times where I've seen them, because they, they position them, don't they, so that if you're queuing with your groceries, you, you have to stare at them for a little bit and you get tempted. And I've thought to myself, I'd love to just sit there and have an Easter egg after I've had, like, ham, egg and chips in the evening just to someone to go with a cup of tea and have my own one that I break into and eat over a three- or four-nightly basis. But then I thought, well, can you just buy one for yourself or is that wrong? Surely they must be given as a gift. You can't just have one on your own. That would be weird. Your neighbours would start talking, wouldn't they? It's like buying yourself a, a Christmas present and then opening it yourself just because you, you fancied it. So I, I want people to be honest tonight. If you have committed this, this food crime, or, or, or maybe if we're talking in the world of crimes, maybe there's someone in your household that has been committing it and you want... You want to put them forward right now so, so that we can put them on the list of people that are doing this outrageous behaviour. The Home Time Easter Egg Incident Desk is now open. 8, 12, 15 for your texts. Tweets at Absolute Radio. We need them to get in touch. Just trying to work out what the abbreviation is for the task force. The Home Time Easter Egg Incident Desk. H-E-I-D. Hide. You can hide. You can, you can hide, but we will seek you. We will find you. All right? So we can widen it to food crimes full stop, but let's let let's start by by dealing with this Easter egg phenomenon. I might be wrong, all right? There, there may be no cases of this, and if so, we'll, we'll be able to close the desk very quickly. I've got a feeling I'm onto something here. James says, hi, Hyde. There you go, they're using the abbreviated word already. <laughs> I've just demolished my third egg in as many days. Oh, hold on a minute. He says, I'm not even sorry. Right, he's an outlaw. Blase about it. Badger tweets to yes. say, I had one for breakfast this morning. My wife got us all one yesterday afternoon. The kids dived straight in. So did she. But I like mine. I left it in the fridge overnight. So uh, an Easter egg for breakfast. Outrageous. I think a lot of people are using the kind of uh, processing in their mind, like, it's lockdown, I've earned it, I deserve it. No, 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 it's not even Easter yet for ages. Although some people are behaving themselves. This text says, guys, I just want to let you know that the Easter eggs are in the cupboard waiting for Easter. Not everyone, though, has lapsed. Discover Music says on Twitter, I came close at the weekend. The missus and I were having a drink and she wanted to open one, but I remained resilient and she wouldn't speak to me for 15 minutes. (laughs) Uh, Shirley, be honest, how many have you had? I haven't yet, I haven't bought any yet, but every year I buy them and have to replace them for my grandchildren. 
So just to confirm, you're a grandma or a nana or whatever. What name do you go by, nana, grandma? Nan, Nanny Show. Well, Nanny sat there eating the grandkids' uh, Easter eggs. How do you feel about yeah. that? Do you feel guilty during these moments? Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> do the kids <laughs> know that you're doing this, Shirley? Um, well, one year, yes, because I ate them all and then had to give them money instead of Easter eggs. So <laughs> the shops had run out. <laughs> so you're you're paying out, uh, paying people off with these Easter eggs that you're eating ahead of time. Well, yeah, in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they call you Nana Egg. Well, no, because they don't know. They only knew when the money I gave them money. They didn't know until that. Nana wow. Money Egg. So until you. You, you paid them compensation. They weren't aware up until that Basically, point. Is there an Easter egg it, that's your favourite overall? Um, I just like Cadbury's Easter eggs. Anything with chocolate, I'm not, I'm not fussed. <laughs> Jane says, Gilly is charged. And she adds the question, Do Easter egg, does Easter egg chocolate taste different? I think it does and I love it. So I like to treat myself to an Easter egg and snack on it over a weekend. Want to hear from uh, want to hear from uh, from Ben? Uh, ben, tell us what's going on in your household. Well, the other day I uh, opened my girlfriend's car boot. She's actually sat next to me driving, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, found a couple of empty Easter egg boxes. Um, yeah, I don't know whether to be slightly annoyed or, or slightly proud. <laughs> okay, Benisha, she. What's her name? Let's just let's get her name out there on the radio this evening. Her name is Haley. Haley, did Haley offer you any Easter eggs, or is this the first time you've seen any of them? Honestly, guys, I I had no idea they were there. <laughs> ben, I I think uh, I think about sort of like ten fifteen seconds ago, I I heard very faint. Laughter, uh, uh, and I, I, I think that's that's a worrying tone that she's taking with you there. I, I totally agree. I mean, I don't know what else she's hiding from me. That's a good point. Can you please pass on to, uh, to uh, your other half that she's facing a two to three month stretch for concealment of pre-eaten Easter eggs before Easter? <laughs> Did you hear that, Haley? <laughs> she doesn't care. She does she not care. care. People like that. I'll do it again. <laughs> She's going to do it again? Right, this is unbelievable. Uh, we said earlier on that anything goes in the final hour of the show. Karen Russell's just tweeted to say, guys, can you please play Taylor Dane for Kaz and Hugo? We said anything goes, but maybe not pushing the boundaries <laughs> quite that far. Uh, this final hour of the show on a Tuesday night is the radio equivalent of Choose Your Own Adventure. It's the Tuesday Tombola, 100 different phoning topics on tennis balls in a rotating wooden drum. And we don't know which one of them is going to pop out tonight. Uh, so the drum is now rotating. Sounding good. It's sounding good for once. Coming to a natural. Hey, do you know what, Richie? Yeah, go on. Bearing in mind that the, the the previous hour of this show, there's been technical problems with computers and stuff like that. Isn't it nice to work with something that you know where you are with it, like a bit of wood? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I, I know that it's going to spin. It's going to stop. There's going to be a hatch yeah. open, and a, te- a, a table tennis ball is going to come out. So it's it's, it's nice we and dependable, that. and it's yeah, given definitely. us ball number twenty six, uh, which oh. marries up to the topic tonight. Childhood pop obsessions. Childhood so, pop obsessions. 
Obviously, we wrote a lot of these when we were in inebriated, back in the days when we were allowed into a pub. Do you remember we wrote loads of them in one session? Yeah. In one sitting? Yeah. Is this pop as in soda stream, or is this, like, music? Or maybe both? I've got the... <laughs> I mean, let's widen the net and say both. If you were really into Vimto as a kid, give us a call. I was I was reading it that it was potentially music. And, and like, if you... If your if your your fandom really went sort of you know beyond what was uh, you know w- what most kids did, then then let us know. But see, the, the first thing that popped into my mind when I when I heard the the subject was uh, Witch's Brew, the special Soda Stream uh, <laughs> kind of mixer that you could get. So may, maybe we go either or. Maybe beggars on this Tuesday night can't be choosers. I think that's exactly what we do. So if you had a childhood pop obsession, whether it was either pop that you could drink or pop that you listened to, <laughs> we want to hear about it this evening. <laughs> this has been a show of confessions this evening. Earlier on, people were kind of confessing to eating Easter eggs ahead of Easter. Uh, one pop-related confession that I'd like to put out there. Mm-hmm. Do you know what me and my brother used to do? We used to go, our treat would be go to go to the Burnie Inn in Trowbridge with mm-hmm. my mum and dad, right? And that would be to have a, a glass of Coke when we're waiting for our burger or something to be delivered to the table. We used to put, you remember them square sugar cubes you used to get in restaurants back in the day? Yes. We used to stick them in the top of our glasses of Coca-Cola to make them fizz up for effect. Un- unaware of just how bad that was for our teeth. Yeah. To this day, I think about it on, on a number of occasions. It's, it's a really unhealthy thing to do. And I just want to apologise. It's proper 80s. And, and how many uh, cubes of sugar are in there already before you put one in there to froth? No, I know. <laughs> it was absolutely outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. I just want to say sorry. Uh, this text says, Quattro, best pop ever. For oh. those who don't remember it, 1982 to 1989 it was made. It was just, a, just an 80s thing. Canned fruit-flavoured carbon. Carbonated drink. Uh, Karen combines two different types of pop. She said her favourites were Bross and Dandelion and Burdock. <laughs> Kevin from Adelston has uh, been somewhat root one with it. Just says I used to like Panda Pop from the eighties. That was obviously not the band. I was wasn't aware of them char- <laughs> aware of them charting. Just obviously the drink for Kevin. <laughs> Uh, do you know what? Panda Pop really reminds me of like youth clubs. We used to go to a church youth club uh, every like Saturday morning. And it reminds me of playing football really hot in a church youth club. You know one of them sponge balls? Quite heavy sponge yes. footballs. 70s style. I love those. Uh, Mark in Reading says, I'll answer on both levels. Pop drink, soda stream mixing Tizer with cream soda, a bit of a maverick. And pop music, he says his first gig was MC Hammer at Wembley Arena circa 93. <laughs> Linda, your childhood pop obsession. As a seven and eight year old child, I absolutely loved Donny Osmond and all of his brothers. And I decided one day that I would write him a letter. And I said, well, uh, hello, Donny, what's your favourite colour? And all these bland. Um, <laughs> things that a seven or eight year old would ask their favorite pop star yeah and then but it was a it was a lot of months later i got a letter from well it was actually from the osmond's fan club but it was from utah and i remember it coming through and i said to my brother now i was only like eight years old at the time i said to my little brother who was about five this is the most important day of my life. Wow. <laughs> and what, what did he say back? Did he answer your questions? Uh, How was Donnie in the reply? Was, no, it was really, it was just from the fan club and it just, um, it, it, it just gave actually a load of um, details of merchandise. But even so, <laughs> I've still got that letter to this day. It's in the loft. That is such a shame. Oh. I thought we were going to get some breaking news on the show tonight as to what was Donny Osmond's favourite colour. 
Oh, uh, yeah. well, purple, I can tell you that. Oh. Memory, but... <laughs> wow, wow. But anyway. And was he, was he the, I mean, forgive my ignorance on the Osmonds, but mm. was he the one with the, the great big giant head and long hair who sang Long Haired Lover from Liverpool? No, that was his little brother, Jimmy. Um, no, Donald oh. the one that sang Puppy Love. You know, the one that liked purple. That's so, it, the one yeah, that, yeah, the one that liked purple. purple. That's it, Bush, come on. <laughs> all right, all right, cheers. Uh, Joe. whether it's a drink or indeed a pop act, tell us, who are you into? I was very into Jason Donovan um, to the uh, point where I made my own um, fan club called the J-Set. <laughs> and um, I did little laminated cards for all of my friends who were also J-Set with a Jason Donovan sticker from the Neighbours sticker album on yeah. one side and um, an interesting fact about Jason on the other. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. And, like, I mean, is this one of these ones, I mean, you know, he's been around for a long while still doing bits and bobs. Is this the, the, the chance that you've ever, you know, had to be able to go and see Jason sing as you got older? I did end up working in the theatre when I was older and worked on Chitty Chitty Bang Bang with him and uh, he found it very amusing when um, one of uh, the cast told him about my uh, J-Sets fan club and when I was leaving the show um, I was uh, the show was about to finish but I was leaving to get married yeah. and so the company made a really big fuss of me and he oh. came in and serenaded me in the wig room oh. um, in front of the whole company <laughs> <laughs> Serenaded in the wig room. What a fantastic title for your autobiography. And unfortunately, I tried Watsits just for the first time because we always used to have buffets in the wig room, which was, well, it doesn't sound very hygienic. And I tried Watsits for the very first time just before the whole company came in. And <laughs> I just remember having bright orange teeth. <laughs> oh, not yeah, how yeah. not how young Joe would have imagined that meeting with Jason going. Oh, oh well, I, I wouldn't have believed it. It was a, it was a dream come true for my 11, 12 year old self. <laughs> the Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore. But we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute radio. So I've been thinking all the way through the podcast, Bush, as to uh, what I'm going to have. And the realities are that it will be whatever MS Simply Food has at Liverpool Street. So it could end up being one of those um, pina coladas yes. in a tin. I mean, you're going to look like you're a Hindu. Fantastic. <laughs> you've been listening to The Home Time Show on Absolute Radio. When you go home, you've been listening to The Home Time Show. The, the last, last bit of, of the no guarantee. guarantee. Soon, May, your tea will come. You can watch TV in your tracky bottoms. Until then, we'll play you songs and maybe send you a tea towel. The Home Time Show is about the S6 loop, the bird invasion, and I hate for Bing. In the Home Time Show, we speak of pundit shoes and Alaska. Leona. Soon may your tea will come. You can watch TV in your tracky bottoms. Until then, we'll play you songs and maybe send you a tea towel.